What is up, the podcast people? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. My name is Seth Ashworth. This week we've got a fun little exciting uh, thing, podcast. Now we're going to start this game. What's up, the podcast people? Welcome back to Questions You Never Thought to Ask, the Whitewater Kayaking Podcast. My name is Seth Ashworth. I've got a fun line, fun topic lined up for you this week. Um, but first, I just wanted to give a big shout out to the people who support my podcast on Patreon, patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth. Patreon is a crowdfunding um, platform where you can chip in a couple of bucks every month to help this podcast stay alive and stay on the road and, and keep going. So big shout out to those people who support it and if you're interested in uh, helping to keep this podcast alive and um, then you can go check that out patreon.com slash Seth Ashworth anyway uh, this week I've got a fun but somewhat monologue um, topic I want to discuss with you and it's somewhat monologue just because I didn't manage to schedule someone uh, to come talk with me about this subject but what I want to talk about is bouncing back from a poor competition result or a string of results uh, and I'm going to use a bit of a personal anecdote here to preface what I have to say on this topic because it seems like it's seasonal you know it's summer race season's coming around Colorado tour is happening right now we just finished a bunch of spring races here in Canada there's a bunch more things going on through the summer and around where you are I'm sure so I'm going to tell start this podcast by telling a little bit of a uh, personal anecdote and then give some of my kind of two cents on this topic. So last month in May 2019, Unleashed um, Quebec happened, which is a, a multi-stage whitewater event. In my opinion, one of the best whitewater events in kayaking. Um, about 25 athletes from all over the world compete across four separate stages to try and figure out who's the best overall kayaker. Uh, two of the stages are freestyle, two of the stages are races. Generally, because of spring uh, in this part of the world, you never really know exactly where you're going to be um, from one day to another, and you, you don't have much practice time on any particular race course or any particular feature, which makes it very exciting, and you kind of have to adapt and, and change very quickly. This year will be my was my third year racing uh, and competing at an Unleashed event. I did the first one here in Canada three years ago and the one in Uganda uh, two years ago, I guess, 2018. So I know exactly the style of the event. I understand the, the stresses and strains that it puts on a group of people and, and I get it. And previous years, I've done pretty well. Like the first year, I was eighth or something overall out of, out of 25 men. And uh, the one in Uganda, I was like 11th or 12th, I think, out of, out of 25. So I was kind of shooting for that middle of the pack, like ideally top 10 result here. Uh, and I didn't achieve that this year. And I'm going to break it down step by step, uh, what went wrong and what I would what I would do differently knowing what I know now. So just to give you a bit of a run through four stages, stage one was a biggest trick freestyle competition. 
um, at a wave called All You Can Eat Ribs on the Ottawa River, but in a new location. We'd only been there uh, one time before. Stage two was a boat across race on the Rouge River, which um, I've raced at a couple of times. It's really fun. It's like a huge, fairly short, like three quarters of a mile, uh, big wave, big wave train, some big holes. Not super challenging line, but super challenging to be really smooth and super challenging with uh, like five other people all around you. Stage three was a freestyle um, best ride competition at this wave called White Dog on the Rouge, where I've never surfed before. And then stage four was a giant slalom on this run called Basse which is near Quebec City. Uh, really sick piece of white water. Let's break it down step by step. Um, what happened to each event? So stage one, that biggest trick competition. Basically, you have two hours on, on this wave to try and get as many rides as you can. And you're scored on your top three tricks. And then each trick obviously has a points value, kind of similar to ICF, except there's more tricks on the score sheet. And there's um, a couple of other bonuses you can get if your trick's really like kind of steezy and sick. It's, in my opinion, it's one of the most exciting ways to see a freestyle competition because you just see people going as hard out as they can there's no one being conservative no one's holding back they're just going out super hard um i didn't feel that good in my boat when we arrived at this competition like i only just got my new boat probably three days before the competition started or two days before the competition started. So I, ha I hadn't really had enough time in my boat to really feel like settled into it and adjusted. Unfortunately, there was nothing I could do about that. Like I received my new boat a week, like literally just a few days before the event and there was, there was nothing I could do to change it. So anyway, through the day, didn't feel that good in my, in my boat. Definitely wasn't performing at my, at my peak capacity. Um, I didn't feel at any point like my like wave awareness of how the wave was shaping and changing was on like really sharp and I, I didn't feel like I just generally just didn't feel like I had enough time in my freestyle boat um, in the run up to the competition and I think I finished the day some somewhere in the lower middle of the pack like in the 15, 16, 17 type, uh, type end of the ladder. Not an ideal start to a competition where your where your points are combined over all four stages. So you kind of you need to do well across the board if you want to continue um, and and have a good result. Stage two boat across. I actually did better than I thought I was going to in this event. I had a really stacked first heat um, with like Dane and Andy Bruner who are really fast, and I had Andrew Oxley and Arthur Pollux who are like veterans of this competition as well so i was pretty concerned going into the the first round that i was going to get knocked out pretty much right away and i just somehow managed to pull it all together which was really great and i felt pretty good in my boat i narrowly missed getting into the um the finals round just by about half a boat length um josh collins from west virginia managed to just just get to the banner right before me which is not a big deal like that's uh that's the way that's the way it goes down i'm not upset about it it is what it is um but i was i was happy to 
kind of pull it together somewhat there or at least keep it together not not the like top five result I needed to really balance out my last stage one result but not that bad either um that put us into another competition immediately the next day stage three white dog white dog's a wave on the rouge honestly I, I never paddled there before I never thought we'd have a competition there it's not the biggest wave and it's definitely not my favorite style of wave it's more how's the best way to describe it it's not as kind of steep and and vertical as waves i would normally choose to surf and you definitely have to drive your boat out and generate a lot of your own momentum which is not something i do very often and not something i practice doing very often which is totally my fault and i should be better at that and the whole purpose of the competition is to find the best all-round kayaker and if you can't do everything well then that's on you so so Anyway, kind of getting off on a side tangent here, but hadn't done any practice of this wave at all. I never thought we would have a competition there because it's not particularly big. It's not particularly steep. It's not particularly scary. Um, so that meant I had done zero practice for my best ride. And the, the goal here was to have everyone had five rides and your best two rides counted. So you didn't have that many throwaway rides and you had to be somewhat consistent over two rides, which I was, which I wasn't super pumped about. Uh, and to be honest, I don't, I never thrive in the, the competition atmosphere where nobody's, nobody's really scared and nobody's really concerned about anything. It definitely doesn't, it doesn't get me going at all. Um, and so when I showed up to the, to that competition, it was just like I had no preparation. I hadn't, I just didn't, I didn't even know what the wave looked like, you know. So I stood there and I watched some people ride for a bit and I kind of just kind of thought I had it dialed in. And, and when it came down to it, when I had my five rides, I just did not have it dialed in at all. And I was uh, dead, dead last at the end of stage three, which didn't put me that well going into stage four, but you know, brush it off, stand up move on uh stage four we arrived at bass cachet which is this river just outside of quebec city really fun we did a race here two years ago that was really high quality um everyone was scared the, the slalom was fun there's some big moves some big holes you want to avoid uh, and when we arrived at bass cachet this time the flow was like way less than half probably when we raced two years ago uh, and to be honest i was kind of I assume we weren't going to race at all. It, again, it just wasn't like... There wasn't like a real feeling of scared in the air where everyone was just like kind of bricking it and, and the course was challenging. They made the, the event organizers did really well to make the gates a lot more difficult because the, the white water wasn't as hard. Um, but again, like if I had showed up there to paddle not in a competition, I think I would have gone to paddle somewhere else because the level was just like super super low but still fun um i had a really good boat across day two days before so i was pretty pumped about about racing um some creaking um practice lap went really great but run one just was wasn't super smooth wasn't bad like i made all the gates which not everyone did but wasn't super fast got back to the top 
run two, so you get two runs, one counts. Run two, uh, everything was going really smooth up until this kind of like crux double drop move about two-thirds of the way through the course. I was really flying. Everything else had gone well. I hadn't touched any rocks. My bow was nice and dry. I was going super fast. Like I could feel I was going fast, which I was pumped about. Um, unfortunately, on that crux double drop, I just just didn't get like a strong enough left stroke to, to come out of it and into the eddy. And then kind of everything went wrong and I got pushed past gate two into gate three. And it was kind of, all, it was all game over from there, which is pretty distressing because I was having a really good run. And that left me finishing, again, like lower middle, like 17th, 18th or something. Um, and overall, that put me in a, an overall position that I didn't want to be in. It was much lower than I wanted to be. Uh, and I just, I was pretty unhappy actually, like leaving that competition. I just hadn't paddled my best at any point. Um, and I was, I was, I was beat down. I was annoyed. So let's break it down for a second and figure out why did that happen? And what would I do differently next time? So why did that happen? The, the main underlying story really is that I was completely underprepared. I spent too much time in Eastern Canada, like through February and March, not really kayaking at all. And I had to spend the time here because it's important I get enough days for my Canadian citizenship application, which is like the next step on from having a, a permanent residency card, which is what I have now. So it was important that I spent the time here um, here in Canada, but my original plan was to be kayaking somewhere, maybe out west or on um, Vancouver Island. Unfortunately, when I came back from Ecuador, that just wasn't the right option for me. There wasn't enough water there. They were having like a particularly dry winter. I didn't have that much money in the bank. So it was kind of like a whole thing. I ended up not kayaking as much as I should have done. And although I was doing a bunch of physical training and preparation by doing some running, some weights, some cross-country skiing through the winter, a lot of shoveling snow. It really, all that physical activity is really not the same as having time in your boat at all. And the, my lack of time in my boat through that like nine-week period not just showed, but I could feel it. And I could feel my boat just like lagging and my body just lagging behind what my mind was saying for my boat to do, you know? So I think in the future, going into this competition, I'll be a lot better prepared. There's no way, there's no way I'll, I will just do weights and running and physical activity without as much kayaking as I can get in, in that time. Um, and I think even we did get a bit of kayaking in that time, but it wasn't like ideal preparation. It was uh, laps down the frozen Ottawa River, you know, more you spend more time wading through the snow to get there and to get out of the river than you do actually kayaking. And your time on the river, it's so cold, you're mostly just trying not to get the water to hit you in the face. So probably I won't spend, or I will try and make an effort to travel more and be more prepared going into competition season next spring because definitely wasn't ideal this year so what's the moral of the story here the moral of the story here really in my opinion is it's absolutely okay to make mistakes as long as you learn from them and that's that's not just 
the case with this competition. That's the case, I think, in life. But especially since this is what we're talking about. Here I made a mistake that I didn't train enough. I didn't prepare enough. I didn't have enough time in my boat. Next year, I'm going to make more of an effort to be in my boat more and more in the lead up in a more structured way that sets me up to succeed better. So that's the, the mistake was not being prepared. What I learned is I need to prepare better and make more of an effort to be in a place which is accelerating that preparation. Um, I think a lot of people, and we're going to talk more generally now, but I think a lot of people just get hung up in their that negative result or that bad result, that one bad result or that string of bad results, and it just kind of tailspins them into a into a downward spiral they can't get out of. And I've seen this happen to a bunch of people where they just have a couple of bad competition days and then they just cannot, they can't get started again. I think that's really just not enough people are saying, you know, like I learned a lesson, but now I'm going to move forwards. Moving forwards is, is kind of the, the only thing you can do in my opinion. And that's, you know, here I've learned a lesson, I'm shaking it off and I'm moving on. It's not a big deal because I've learned a lesson. So if if this is happening to you and if you feel like you're in a tailspin because you had a, a couple of bad days out there, just think about why, take a step back, stop for a moment. Think about what you can learn and how you can move on, right? Like it's okay to make mistakes as long as you can figure out what the lesson is. If you can't figure out what the lesson is, maybe you need to have a harder look at what the mistake was in the first place or what the root cause of that mistake was. And it's okay to talk to people about it too, right? Like if you need to just call one of your friends and be like, yeah, this is what's happening. This is the outcome. I can't figure out what was, I can't figure out what I should have improved. And that's kind of a mindset that I think not enough people approach kayaking with. It's like, it's easy to focus on the things you did wrong and it's easy for your um, <clears throat> it's easy for your mind to get locked on to those negative experiences like those swims or um, the times you got rescued or whatever and it's easy to forget all those really good experiences you had um, where you were like successful on a line or successful on a rapid or successfully learned a trick or whatever it is it's really easy to forget those really good times that you worked hard for and really easy to like stay locked on to those bad memories where you did something wrong or there was a bad outcome. And I think it's important for us as kayakers to not let the those few bad negative times crowd out the good times um, that we're working towards to improve and to be better kayakers all the time. So I, th- I guess the moral of the story is here is just, you know, Keep your chin up. Keep moving forward. It's okay. It's okay to make mistakes as long as you're learning from them. What I want to finish this podcast by saying is think about when the last time you made a big mistake was and then I want you to think about why and then I want you to go on a piece of paper at home. I want you to write down or write down your phone if you don't use paper anymore. If you don't use paper anymore, good for you. Write down um, what that mistake was and what you learned from it and then what you're going to do differently next time. And I want you to try and make sure you don't make that mistake again. I'm, not, I'm going to try and make sure I don't make the same mistakes I made this spring, next spring. And yeah, now uh, 
And yeah, I think we're going to just kind of wrap it up there. That's pretty much all I have to say this week. I apologize that this week has been somewhat monologue and somewhat one tone and somewhat you just listening to me drawl on. Uh, but I appreciate you sticking with it. If this was interesting for you, let me know. Um, hopefully back to more regularly off-topic, on-topic uh, kayak podcasting in a couple of weeks' time, and I will see you then. Peace.